Happy Wednesday, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. Today, I'm chatting with family law attorney, speaker, and family coach, Sabrina Shaheen Cronin. Sabrina's expertise falls into categories most people don't enjoy planning for, divorce and co-parenting. But her knowledge is so valuable in these areas as she helps individuals feel more secure and protected while helping couples co-parent more effectively for the well-being of their children. We're going to talk about all of the taboo topics, prenups, divorce, and custody, but we'll also talk about confidence, empathy, and raising empowered children. This is the secret to the D word. So I'm very, very excited about this podcast today because Sabrina, it's so important to be prepared if you're going through something like a divorce and you're going to need to have a very well-executed plan for co-parenting. You're just the person to talk to. Thank you so much, Robin. And thanks again for having me today. I'm super excited as well. Oh, good. good. Yeah. Divorce is not easy, even in the best of circumstances. And when there are children involved, it adds that extra layer of stress and just acrimony that sometimes people are not prepared for. That's so true. It's like the person you're divorcing is certainly not the person you fell in love with and married and walked down the aisle with on that really happy day. That is usually never the person you're divorcing. But there is a way to make it a productive experience, don't you think? Yes, and that's actually a very good word, Robin, productive, because I think people lose sight of the fact that even though they're divorcing their children, if, if there are children involved, it's still a family. And we don't want to burn the whole bridge and ruin these kids' lives simply because the two parents really cannot get along. At the end of the day, it's their issue, not the children's. And so they should not make it the children's issue. That's so true. Even though you have feelings that maybe are not feelings of love or feelings of the desire to stay together for the rest of your lives, you do or could very likely have the mutual feelings of love for these precious little hearts. So you do, of course, want to focus on what you can do to keep those little babies happy and fulfilled and just be positive for their future. So I'm really happy you're here today because that is a goal that everyone should and needs to have when these little babies are involved. Well, they want children to be emotionally secure. Yes. You know, at the end of the day and feel safe. And just imagine how so. how great you will feel when you know that's been your focus and that you've done everything you need to do. You do your homework, you sit down with you, and you do what it takes, and you know that you're going to have some healthy children in the end. Thanks, Robin. And, and I do believe that. And unfortunately, many lawyers don't have, they don't hear that same sentiment. They want to fight, fight, fight during the you know tenure of the divorce proceeding. And they fail to recognize, well, as as soon as the divorce is over and the lawyer is out of their life, well, they still have to pick up the pieces and deal with this other parent and their children. So it's very important to get a hold of the emotions, to to realize uh, that they need to look at the bigger picture. I'm so glad to hear you say that because you're right. The lawyer is a very important player 
in this divorce and to have a lawyer who cares to make sure that this co-parenting process is as healthy as it can be. That's so important. It's very important. It's also important to be a coachable client. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> so times, like, yeah, they, they, they just don't want to hear what they should hear and need to hear. So Sabrina, can you tell us about your law firm and the work you do? Thanks. Yeah, Robin, um, my firm is located in Michigan, but I am licensed in many states and my team is as well. Uh, We do a lot of family law, of course, divorce, custody, prenups, postnups. We also do probate, probate litigation. We have a business sector as well, and we have a personal injury section of the firm as well. Uh, My firm was established a little over 10 years ago by myself uh, through a lot of hard work. You know, I'm very proud of where we are today. And I believe we do care greatly about our clients and the needs of our clients. And I, it's, it's a mission of mine to impact our clients' lives, not just during the tendency of their matter, their legal matter, but well into and beyond their case for, for a much better life. Oh, that's so wonderful. And you also have moved into a coaching role on top of all of this, correct? Yes. Um, throughout my years as a lawyer, I have recognized the need for people to really get a hold of themselves and their emotions. And it's through serving others that oftentimes we help ourselves and we don't even realize it. And it's a need that a lot of people have, especially divorcing people. And and I have found that my niche area is women, most likely because I'm a woman and women tend to uh, sympathize and empathize with other women who have been there, who have gone through adversity and challenges. And I like to use all of the challenges that I've experienced in my life to help propel me forward and to make me better. And I really try to instill that in my clients, that this is not the end, but this is the beginning of a new chapter. And you can take these challenges and make your life so much better. And it's really in how you look at it. And if you, if you want to continue to look at the negative, well, that's what you will see. But if you really try to look at the positive of any situation, really, and better your life as a result, well, then those are the things in your life that will be mirrored back to you. Oh, wow. I think it's beautiful that you are using the 10 years of experience that you have. It's obvious that you put your heart and soul into every case. Thank you. That's well, I, I believe wholeheartedly in leveling up your life at every stage because if you're not growing, you're dying, and everybody has the ability within them to make a better life for themselves. And it's super important, not only as the leader of my law firm, but as a mom, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister. Uh, it, it's so important to really always try to level up your life and to be the best version of yourself because. It's 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 really you get out of life what you put into it. So true. And if you can't wake up every day and want to have a better life day by day, then that's a shame. That is something we should all strive for. It's not always easy. I mean, people and including myself, we've lost motivation, especially women have, have been so broken. It really at the worst stages of their life, whether it's through divorce or, you know, depression or whatever leading up 
to the end of their marriage. Yeah, it, it's a tough, tough realization, and it's hard to pull yourself out of bed sometimes. But you have to find the motivation within, whether that motivation is your children, whether it's wanting a better life for yourself, whether it's, I don't know, just having the strength to put one foot in front of the other. Um, but knowing that you will be better in time if you work at it. And that, that's the key. You have to have that why within you to to do that. And many times my client, you know, they ask me, is it worth it? You know, I'm especially women that have trying to leave very toxic relationships. Oftentimes the man will make it extremely difficult for them. And they ask, is it even worth it? My life was awful before and it's going to be awful after. And I just, I just have to say, you have to just keep on keeping on and it will get better. It will get better. Yes. I imagine that your personal story, being a single mom of three, inspired the work that you do. Is that true? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of other challenges that I've had in my life as well. You know, I've been, um, you know, I was raised in a very domineering, you know, male domineering household. I was, um, you know, the only daughter and, uh, you know, a very old fashioned traditional Lebanese household. And that's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then my future relationships were very much, you know, um, a symptom of that. Uh-huh. And we always try to work on our self-esteem and our confidence and it's, it's an evolution. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're right. Well, I'd love to start with talking about how to protect a person and their family from the beginning, what are some legal steps that you feel everyone should take leading into marriage and or having a child? So this is a very controversial topic, you know, the issue of prenuptial agreement. And I, I feel that with the younger generation now getting married later because they're living together sooner, more, you know, and then they're marrying a little bit later. I believe that a prenuptial agreement does not have to be taboo. And in fact, I think it spurs a healthy communication, a healthy dialogue between the two people that should know everything about each other. If you are going to enter into an agreement, such as a marriage, a contract that is lifelong and should be life giving, then you should not be afraid to be intimate in terms of the knowledge that you should know about finances, whether that's whether that's spending a lot of money, whether it's debt, whether it's, you know, oh, I once, you know, filed for bankruptcy years ago, or I I have a gambling habit or whatever it is. You know, I like to spend a lot of money at the mall, whatever. Robin, I think if, if it's, a, it's a red flag if the two people do not feel safe enough or comfortable enough to talk about that issue. and. I, I just think it's a recipe for disaster when they're entering into this marriage and they trust one another without talking about something that affects us every single day. Oh, I totally and it's a value agree. System. It's a value system. You know, how, how you spend money may be very different from how the other person spends money, but it's so important that you become aligned and compromise on those differences instead of just going in as a hopeless romantic thinking, oh, I love him. It's okay if he pays all the bills. It's okay. I'll, you know, he makes enough money. I know I'm 
safe, I'm secure. But well, little do will they know that that's you know that that's not healthy. You know that, that there's so much you know financial abuse in relationships that I see, or secrets, or just the fear of exposing oneself. Uh, and and I, again, I think it's just a symptom of a much larger problem. I agree. If they don't feel free to talk about it. I love that you said red flags because I really feel like that is a perfect way to define problems that are going to arise, problems in the future of a marriage. So I feel like before you get married, you should have lots of conversation. And many conversations should be about red flags. It's super important that they understand each other's feelings, perceptions, um, you know, deal breakers, because if you don't feel comfortable expressing these things, then how do you think you're going to handle some real difficult situations when you are married? People have such a fear of opening up and being honest because they're afraid that the one thing they want to talk to this other person about will break them up. Well, the flip side is also true. It's the one thing that will bring you closer. So whether it breaks you up or brings you closer, you're still winning. Because at the end of the day, you're maintaining your own boundaries and your own self-respect. And if you don't have it at the beginning of a marriage, you're certainly not going to have it during the marriage. Exactly. So So we were talking about prenup. So I know that a prenup does not involve all these red flags we were just talking about. But do, do you suggest having the red flag conversations so that you can then get to a prenup, or maybe let's start over. Describe what exactly what a prenup is. So a prenuptial agreement is a contract that is entered into prior to a marriage, prior to a legal marriage, where the assets and the debts are discussed, or are you know decided upon whether it's her property, his property, or if it's, you know, the same sex marriage, whatever property, what property belongs to which person. And then it also defines what marital property is. So it it can contain pretty much anything you want. Typically, it also discusses uh, alimony or spousal support, as it's referred to in some states, uh, you know, in contemplation of a divorce and what what would happen to certain things during a divorce. And you can it's it, it's illegal to discuss anything with respect to custody. Those are those are stricken. You cannot really include those in a prenup. Um, you can include education, you can include things like that. Um, but and you can include issues relative to stepchildren, estate planning, things like that. And sometimes those are done post-nuptial as well. Um, which is the same thing, but it's after the marriage, after you entered into a marriage. But typically, a prenup is done when one party has more assets than the other and they want to protect them. Um, I get a lot of women coming to me when the man wants a prenup, and that's because I, I negotiate pretty heavily for them because I want them to understand that you should not sign this unless you have a really good understanding of what you're going to get in the event of a divorce. And I have many women that are very, very uncomfortable about that um, because they 
They want to go in with the best of intentions, as does everybody, right? Nobody goes into a marriage thinking they're going to be divorced. But the reality is 50% of marriages end in divorce. So you need to have a clear understanding of what you would be getting if you do divorce. And, and I, it's like a business arrangement, unfortunately. You know, you, you, you don't go into a business or you shouldn't go into a business without having a partnership agreement or some sort of operating agreement or bylaws or whatever. So it's similar to that. Yeah. So first, let me ask you this. Is a prenup as strong as a postnup or vice versa? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if your attorney knows the laws in your state, which he or she should, it's very binding. And if there are provisions of that contract that can be void or voidable, you can still prepare it so that if this provision is stricken in a court of law, then these remaining provisions do prevail. So if you go into a marriage without a prenup, it's still wise to ask for a postnup. It can be. Yeah. You know, otherwise the laws of the state, the divorce laws of the state that you are, you know, residing in will prevail. So define a postnup. Well, a postnuptial agreement is one that is entered into after you are married. Sometimes it's entered into in some states that have to be in contemplation of a divorce. Others it doesn't. Um, others it's done almost as a way to uh, help ease Things like if there is a blended family, if there will be stepchildren, uh, if there are maybe adopted children, um, if you know it, it helps ease that transition sometimes as well. If there's a new stage in that family's life, um, if there is all of a sudden a windfall, if there's an inheritance, um, certain things help. You know, a, a postnuptial will help with some of those things. I've always thought that a postnup was created because, as you just said, there was a windfall in the marriage. All of a sudden, one one person inherited something, or together there was a windfall, lottery win or something, or it was because maybe one person in the marriage was looking ahead and planning a divorce. Does that happen fairly often when someone asks for a yeah. post-up? Yeah, it happens quite often, and I've had it too where if a, if a couple is divorcing and then they decide to reconcile and work on the marriage, a postnup is typically done in that instance as well to avoid the issues in a divorce should they divorce down the road. So how long are these agreements valid? They're, they're valid. They're always valid. For the, the length of the marriage? For the length of the marriage up until the ending of the marriage, the divorce. So it's pretty yeah. much stated. In it's a contract. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I and mean, oftentimes the support provisions or alimony, um, you know, an alimony can be, it, this is often in divorce judgments as well. It can be barred or it can be um, stopped at, you know, the time that that other person cohabitates with another or marries another or is involved in another relationship or, you know, a number of things. So if a couple creates a prenup happily, if both parties are very agreeable to the prenup and they sign it and they get married and they're very happy, but one person in the marriage finds out that the other one was untruthful, they lied about something in the prenup, does it become 
invalid? Fraud in the inducement or fraud of any kind is def definitely renders a contract void or voidable. It's up to the person to prove mm -hmm. that, the, you know, if they're going to be filing an action for breach of contract or whatever, um, for a variety of reasons, yeah. Because I've always, I'm, I'm always reading when uh, famous, well-known people get a divorce. Just recently, I don't know who it was. I, I probably wouldn't even say if I did remember, but uh, it was a, a very well-known couple had been married a fairly long time. And they said they had a prenup, but it was proven to be invalid. And so they settled and I thought, oh, they must have found something in the prenup that one of them Just lied cool. about. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they, but they would have had to prove they had to the prove reasons it. why it was valid. So, if they went that far. Yeah. What a shame. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth. But when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. I'm thinking this might be a good time for us to do something we do in every podcast. We do two things. The first thing is drink of the day. And again, I'm sad that we're oh. virtual and we can't really do this together, but we create our drink of the day in honor of our guest and our topic. So we named our drink of the day Divorce Party. <laughs> this week's drink of the day is a champagne cocktail. So you can toast to the new chapter in your life. No matter how you feel about it, this drink is to remind you that you are a strong woman and you are worth celebrating. So it has a small handful of berries of your choosing. I have blackberries and raspberries. And I have three quarters ounce of St. Germain, five ounce Brut Rosé Champagne. You're going to add the St. Germain and Champagne to a glass, stirring to combine slightly. Then add all of your fun berries for a bright, beautiful cocktail. So cheers to you. Cheers. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a sip since I said cheers. Oh, that is delicious. Okay. I'm jealous. I'm, I'm sad that you're not here. Okay, so on with our beautiful discussion. Now, of course, when two people get married, you never dream of it ending in divorce. But should that happen, what are some tips you have for bringing it up to your children? Well, sometimes, you know, the tension is just so obvious that children notice. And depending on the age of the children, um, they would probably welcome, you know, finally, you know, mom and dad, they fight all the time, fine, you know. So divorce does not have to be, you know, always such a, a bad thing. In fact, it's, again, studies show that children do much better in healthy environments, regardless of the, the two parents are together or not. And if there is so much toxicity in the marriage, then they should divorce for the sake of the children. But again, Robin, it just depends on the timing. So if, if it comes as a shock to the kids, if the parents have kept this false, you know, sense of, uh, I don't know, bliss 
uh, for lack of a better word, but deep down they're just miserable and they really can't stand each other or, or there's a lot of dysfunction or, you know, abuse or whatever. Uh, the children should know again in the healthy, in a healthy age appropriate way. And it's important for both parents to be present during this discussion, if possible, if, if, if the two parents can be in the same room and can be mature enough to discuss it with their children just so that they can control the narrative. Because the, the problem that I see oftentimes is one party or the other will want to usurp that power and control, take away you know, the, the, the right for that other parent to talk about it, or want to, you know, direct the narrative of the situation, blame the other parent, and, and that's not healthy for the kids. It's important for the kids to really understand that they're still, you know, going to be loved. Everything is going to be okay. They are safe. They are secure. And depending on the age of the children, you know, children have more of a voice as they get older in most jurisdictions across the country. So it's it's important so that the children feel heard and valued and they don't think it's their issue or they caused anything. I totally agree with you. I think it's it would be wonderful for the children if both parents sit down together and in a beautiful atmosphere and their voices are are low and it just there's no tension. They don't raise their voices, but they have smiles on their faces. I mean, let's think of the children. And they just said, you know, it, it, it didn't work out for us, but it's going to work out for us as a family. Just always think and of the children. Difficult. You know, Robin, I have an ethos. Love your children first. And every intention, every action should be with that in mind. Your motivation shouldn't be to be retaliatory or vindictive. Or, you know, it should be to be as peaceful and amicable as possible for the sake of your kids. Because children have enough pressure these days, you know, with the suicide rates, rates going up, you know, the cutting, the self-harm, you know, there's, it's very um, hard for kids these days with all the social media and the pressures. Um, COVID certainly didn't help, you know, the, 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 the times that they were out of school, the, the lack of that social connection with their friends, you know, that was tough on them. And it's hard for kids to be ping pong ball, you know, and I always tell my clients, think of yourself in their situation. Would you want to be subjected to the same things that you're putting upon them? You know, do you want them to go to their dads without their special, you know, fluffy stuffed animal because you bought it and he didn't? That's right. You know, that, that belongs to your child. And, and I see this all the time. They hold certain possessions back from the kids because, you know, God forbid, I bought it. She didn't, yeah. you know. It's it's to me. You know, when Philip and I both were raising our boys, they're now 36 and 42, and they have children of their own. They're now parents, and they're raising their children. So I love being able to witness them as parents. But when we were raising them, and they were very young, I still can remember that whatever I was doing as a parent, I honestly can remember thinking to myself, I want them to look back at this phase in their life with fondness. Do you want them to remember it with love in their heart, joy in their heart and excitement and actually recreate it for their own children? 
Or do you want them to remember it with sadness and just regret? You have to think about well, that every day of your child's life. In a heightened sense of emotion is very triggering in terms of your memory. And so, you know, and, and sometimes people don't remember specific things. They remember the feeling. They remember that emotion. So when when parents are divorcing and they 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 cause so much stress and angst and uh, tension and just nerves in their children, the children will remember that, and that will become very heightened. And what they what they need to remember is it's super important that children feel safe. And safetyness and the feeling of safe and you know safety and security and all of that, that sense of belonging, that sense of comfort and I'm going to be okay comes when the parents provide that peace, that normalcy, that consistency, as you know, we talked about earlier. And then that's where they'll want to gravitate toward. It's that parent that provides that. And kids can't explain it. They can't, they do not understand how to put words behind their emotion. They they don't know how to verbalize it yet. There's a lot of I don't knows and da, 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 but they'll, they know how they feel. And when they feel safe and secure, you will know it. And um, it's hard as a mom to want to give up time, parenting time when they didn't, for instance, if they didn't want the divorce or if there was a cheating situation or whatever it is. But what I say is, if you provide that safety and that security and that feeling of belonging for your children, they'll know and and they'll know where their home is. And that's really really where home is. Home is where that, where your heart is. That's right. That old, yes, right? That's right. That safe place to fall. If you have a dramatically different approach to parenting as your ex, how can you make sure your child isn't confused by these inconsistencies? That's a great question. And that's difficult depending on whether there's a true 50-50 split or if the mom or the dad has primary custody. And, you know, if one of them has the majority of time versus the other, it's a little easier to explain. But it's very, uh, I highly recommend for both parents to try to be on the same page. And it's difficult. Um, I encourage my clients to put things in writing in a non-emotional way, a um, non-aggressive, a a non-threatening or attacking way uh, to put something in a a nice email. If you're not talking, if you cannot uh, have a peaceful conversation with your ex, it's very important for both parents to understand that, look, this is for the children. This has nothing to do with my wanting to control everything or my wanting to control the situation. You know, oftentimes we get that between the parents. It's about what's in their best interest. So if both parents are mature, and if they can't, then I recommend sometimes family therapy or a, a parenting time coordinator. Um, but it's it's very important for both people to be on that same page that they need to put the children first. And to be consistent. And I think children really need to know as much as you can be consistent, then the child knows, okay, when I'm over here at mom or dad's house, I never really know what's going to happen. But when I'm over here at 
this home, I always know what's going to happen. So at least if it can't be 100% of the time, at least 50% of the time, they at least know they have both feet on the ground and they know what's going to happen. I think that's so important. Children, children need structure. Yes. They, they don't mind it. In fact, sometimes, even though they push back, you know, when you remind them to brush their teeth, or stay off their phones or iPads or, you know, stop gaming or whatever it is. They push back, but they also somehow on a subconscious level, they welcome it. Yeah. They need that consistency. They don't need a friend. They need a parent. They do need someone to talk to and feel safe and open up to. It's a, they need presence. Yes. Right. Not the presence with the TF that, yeah. come, you know, <laughs> that sometimes the fun, the fun parent wants to do all the time. It's, the presence, the being, just being, leaning yes. into your kids. Yes. And sometimes they won't even talk to you. Sometimes it'll take months and months for the child to open up. Yep. But being there yep. speaks volumes because when they are ready to open up, you're there. I completely agree. I think it's also important for people to acknowledge that this is all really hard and you're doing the best you can. I mean, we have to give ourselves a break quite often. You know, this is every day for the rest of our lives, and we're doing the best that we can. So sometimes I think it's just important to just go, wow, you know what? I'm My heart is in it. I'm doing the best I can because it's a, it's really hard being a parent. Robin, it's very challenging. You know, the thing, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, it's hard. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm just like walking through quicksand, you know, it's like, geez, you know, what more can I do? To, it, 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 it's not easy. It's not easy, but consist, being consistent, being persistent, bouncing back, you know, staying in the game, yes. revitalizing yourself, making sure you take care of yourself. As yes. women, we're always giving to everybody else. Make sure you show yourself the same compassion and tenderness and grace that you show everybody else, including your kids. Because if you are not strong and healthy and, you know, taking care of yourself, whether it's sleep or eating right or exercise, you cannot be all in for your kids. That is so true. You know, true. we're stuck so thin as it is, and especially as single moms, you know, the breadwinner, working hard, you know, and then you have the mom guilt on top of it. You know, I can't be there for this event or that event. And, you know, it, it, it's hard. It is. It's, it's definitely it is. a thing. It is. And it's, it is not selfish to, to put yourself first and to take care of yourself so you can be there for your children. It's just not selfish. I've right. said that a, a thousand times. So now a part of co-parenting that's difficult is when both parties start to date. What are some ways to tell your child that you're dating again without making them feel like their other parent is being replaced? Well, you want your children to see what a healthy, loving relationship looks like. And again, depending on the age of your children, it will depend on what you tell your children. And oftentimes what you expose your children to. I do not recommend having a revolving door of suitors. I do not recommend introducing your kids to a lot of different people. Uh, I think that is um, harmful. I want, I, I think it's important for your children to understand boundaries, healthy boundaries. They, they need to see their parent exhibiting that with whomever they're dating. Uh, and it's especially important for children because children don't emulate what you say. It's what you do. They don't hear what you say. It's how you act. 
So if you want your children to possess the values that you think are important, then you have to live by example. And, you know, if, if, if that's really, at the end of the day, that's simply stated, that's really it. That's so true. When your ex is the one with a new partner, what are some coping mechanisms to feel like you aren't going to get replaced in your child's life? Well, it's important that you let your child know. And if they're getting married or living together or a more serious relationship, I don't think you need to discuss it early on. If it's a casual relationship, you can just talk about it. Yeah, dad's dating or the kids might express, yeah, I don't like her or I do like her. Sometimes the moms get very jealous. They feel that their child will love this other person more or they're going to have more fun with them or she's younger or prettier or more money or whatever, you know, um, or their kids, you know, she has kids and the kids are going to want to be around them more than the mom. So there's a lot of jealousy. Sometimes there's a lot of envy, but I like to explain it in a way that you need to look at it. And again, it's all in how you look at things, right? You want your children to be loved and cared for. And if that other person is treating your children well, that's all that should matter. So if they're not treating them well, well, then that's another story. And the only way you'll know that is if your children express that or if you see something or if you hear something from some third party. Um, and then you need to take action. But if it's, if it's a good situation, then you should count your blessings because there are so many horrible situations that I saw as an assistant prosecuting attorney that I would never wish on anybody. So you need to really count your blessings, be grateful that your children have that, their health, and that they're getting loved from a lot more people. It's enriching their life, not taking away, if it's a healthy, fulfilling relationship. Oh, I love that answer. I love that answer because, again, your children's happiness comes first. 100%. And their health and their happiness. And their, and when I say health, it's their emotional health, their physical health, it's all of it. And um, it, it's it's enriching their life. And you don't want to take anything away. You know, it's, it's if they're enjoying their step-siblings, if they're enjoying their new home, if they're having fun, you want to enrich that experience for them by, by saying, hey, did you guys have fun? And, you know, are you looking forward to the next holiday or... I'm so excited you guys get to go on this next family vacation with them and maybe you can do whatever sport. You know, I mean, make it fun. Don't put a guilt, don't put guilty, you know, feelings into it for them because they you don't want them to feel badly for you. You know, the last thing you want to do is impose all this extra pressure on them because they feel bad that mom's stuck at home by herself, you know, because you're making them feel guilty. That's You know, that's, that's not right. a good feeling. Turn that into a positive experience. You're at home all by yourself. <laughs> Let's make that positive. Yeah. So to, right. to yeah. end out all of your incredible advice, what are some ways to build your confidence back up post-divorce or breakup? What are ways we can be confident in our parenting and relationship with our children? Any, do you have any other advice? Because you have been amazing. Yeah, Robin, I have a lot of advice relative to that because I 
I encourage clients to really try to look at themselves before they get a divorce. If they're the ones that are the, the instigators or the ones wanting that divorce, if they have the instinct in them that this is not healthy, this is not a good environment for me, I need to get out. I highly encourage them to seek, you know, counselor, uh, counseling therapy, work on themselves because it will only help empower them through the divorce process because you take yourself with you everywhere you go. And if you do not want to repeat the patterns of the past, then you certainly need to change within. And when a client of mine continues to blame the other person for all of their problems, to me, that's a red flag because they're not going to be coachable and they're going to repeat the patterns and they're going to want to play this victim always. And they will not live their best life and they will not live to be, you know, at their fullest potential and they will not be a good mom as a result. They will victimize themselves. They'll, they'll, they'll complain. Their children then will get the feeling that, you know, mom's always miserable. And then over time, the children won't want to be with their mom. They want to be with the, the parent that's happy and not complaining and not, you know, blaming the other person all the time. Children don't want to hear the parent blaming the other parent. They, they really don't because they're half of that other parent. So on a subconscious level, they're hearing you criticize them. So I encourage people to get a hold of themselves, their emotions, and um, to be the best version of themselves from day one, you know, whatever that looks like for them. So I recommend them getting clear. How do they, how do they want their life to be? They first have to get clear on what they want. And then it's empowering themselves through a series of, of tools and, you know, affirmations, working on themselves, working on their subconscious programming. You know, why are they in the situation to begin with? And, and then learning how to empower oneself to then move beyond it to create an amazing life for themselves and their children. Yes. This is your fresh start. Decide what you want and how you want it to go. This is your chance. Have that mindset. Exactly. And make the best of it. And, and you know, it's tough. It's, it's, you know, especially with women have been extremely abused or broken. It's, it is not easy to pull yourself out of the trenches. It's not easy. But Robin, we have one life. And I hope your listeners, you have one life. And this ain't no dress rehearsal. So, you know, and, and your children are watching you. And so if you want to be the best version of yourself, if not for you, for them, you know, then do it. Then, then, then get the help you need. Start empowering yourself. And, and, and I, you know, I often think that that's a number of ways. It's from the outside in. It's from the inside out. I don't believe one size fits all. So whatever you need, whether it's meditation, whether it's walking, exercise, finding a hobby, reading, therapy, a group you know, project, whatever it is that you need, all of the above, you know, you need to reprogram your brain and start thinking better about yourself because it starts with you and, and, and then you move beyond it and you can create whatever you want in your life. That's so true. So is there anything exciting coming up that you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm working on a book. <laughs> you are. When will it be available? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know yet. So, but uh, that, I'm super excited about that. And um, oh. I always have workshops and coaching. And 
I, you know, I, I incorporate a lot of my own philosophies uh-huh. into things. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I read and I, I'm a student of knowledge and I love to explore life and I'm pretty spiritual. So I, I like incorporate a lot of stuff into coaching and my, my, you know, legal clients. And I take clients from all over the country, whether they're going through a divorce or any kind of relationship issue. I love that. We've come to the end of the podcast where we do our second consistent part of our podcast, and that is where we do our game of the day. Do you like playing games? Yeah, again, it depends. Oh, I love playing games. That's why I had to do game of the day for every podcast. And we create our games for our podcast, just like we do our drink of the day. We've created a game in honor of our podcast today with you. This game is called Split Decision. (laughs) This game is all about making decisions quickly. So I'm going to read off two options for you, and you have to quickly choose what you prefer without thinking. Okay. Okay? Okay. So let's get started. Number one, love or money? Love. Yay. Yay. I totally agree with you. Number two, lawyer or life coach? Uh, I'm not hard. Uh, life coach. Really? Okay. I was going to say, if I, I, I say lawyer, but number three. Oh, this is a good one. Journaling or meditating? Mm, I, 50-50. I, Robin, you're making this difficult for me. <laughs> I do both. And I love lawyering too. I don't know. I can't. I know. It's I hard. Know. I can't. Uh, meditating. Is that funny? I say journaling because I journal all the time. Okay. Well, I, that's why I say it's 50-50 for me. Because oh, okay, both, okay. So, I did not hear that. You know, okay, next yeah. one. Prenup or post-nup? Prenup. Oh, good for you. I was really curious. Okay, number five. Big wedding or small wedding? Small wedding. Is that fun? I love that too. Okay, soccer mom or field trip chaperone? Ah. All the above. I know. I did. I did both. I did both. Boy, those field trips were all day suckers too. Yeah. Yes, I've done it all. Yeah. Okay. Marriage or long-term dating? Marriage. Marriage. Yes. Babies or toddlers? Babies. That's hard too. Babies. 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 Teens or young adults? Young adults. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I agree. That's a 50-50 too. Yeah. Okay, number 10. Online dating or matchmaker? Online dating. I am the ultimate matchmaker. I love matchmaking. So I'm going to have to go with matchmaker. Do you? I love it. (laughs) Oh, I've got just the right one for you. Oh, I know someone for you. Okay, next. Did it work? Did did, did they they usually work, yes. Yeah, well, that's good. Okay. I should call you up. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I could totally hook you up. <laughs> Couples counseling or personal therapy? Ooh. Both. Both? But I really lean towards personal therapy. Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, Last I, think, I think you need both in order to... Yeah, you really do. Up, but... I'd say personal therapy if both of you were doing personal therapy, but... I right. totally believe in couples counseling. 
So this is the right. last one. Career or family? Ooh. Okay. So Robin, you're asking these questions and I have both. So it's really hard. You know, I, I love family. Family always comes first. And I live that, that tenant in my firm. You know, we have yep. a lot of single moms in my firm. I'm extremely flexible with them. Family always comes first. Oh, I love but that. That's not to say, that's not to say you can't have a thriving career. Love right? that. I love but that family answer. Comes first. Family comes first. I mean, look at Robin, unfortunately, what I, last time you know with you my daughter needed me and I was there and that's right no question asked, that's you know? right that's a Barely beautiful answer but yeah yeah I love that Sorry. I love that answer family always comes first but that doesn't mean you can't have a career a thriving career a thriving you know? career you're absolutely right you're absolutely mm -hmm. right so sadly, that brings yeah. us to the end of this episode. But before we wrap it up, I need to ask you one final question. This podcast is all about sharing life-changing secrets. So do you have one major secret you've learned that you'd like to share with the listeners? I believe that my secret, my secret is you have the power within you to co-create an amazing life. You need to believe that anything is possible. And that empowerment is so important. And that's my secret is the power lies within you, oh. not outside of yourself. That is beautiful and so true. I love that secret. Thank you so much for sharing it. You live that secret. I can tell. Yeah, I've worked. It's 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 not always easy, but your outside reality is just a reflection of what you think and feel and believe oh. about yourself. And your brain believes everything you tell it. Oh. Your heart, your body, your mind, everything believes it. So start programming your subconscious mind to live the life you want because it's within reach. You just have to believe, and it can be attained. That's so true. So please tell the listeners where to find you on social media. They can find me at the law firm, which is the Cronin Law Firm, uh, on any social media platform, uh, or Sabrina Shaheen Cronin. I have my own personal brand, and that's on any social media platform as well. Uh, I have a website, uh, sabrinashaheen.com or the thecroninlawfirm.com. I'm pretty, pretty out there, Robin. So oh, I love <laughs> that. Pretty, yeah. I love it. So Secret Squad, you can always go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you'll see how to find Sabrina. We'll have all of those on our website. And you're brilliant, Sabrina. You have been so much help. You have been so brilliant today for our Secret Squad. Thank you so much. I loved this podcast. So Secret Squad, as always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for juicy extras. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.